Thanks, David, so much. So great to be sharing with you tonight. Really exciting night with the baptisms and also our Vision Sunday. And across all of the services today, I've been sharing some of the visions that God is calling us into for this season ahead. Big welcome to those linking in online with us as well. Uh, but this is a significant time for us as a church, uh, a really defining time, in fact, because we are stepping into our 30th year of ministry in this local community uh, if you know the history of the church, started a football club down the road, Aspley Hornets with about 40 people, and now just to see God's hand of blessing. And I think as we step into this year, we're going to celebrate this year and give thanks to God for the amazing things He's done. But right at the start, I think we should put our hands together and give thanks to God for all He's done over that 30 years has been absolutely amazing. And the word that God has put on my heart for us in this season as we step into this year ahead in our 30th year is 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, and it says these words, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. On a group of islands north of mainland Norway in a remote Arctic archipelago is what is called the Global Seed Vault. I don't know if anyone's ever heard, anyone heard of this before, the Global Sea, but quite a few of you have. I'd never heard of this before, but it's this enormous structure. I think we've got a photo of it, in fact. It looks like something out of a space movie, this enormous structure that holds over, over a million seeds that are collected from all over the world. It's like this massive natural freezer. And the purpose of the vault is, some people call it the Doomsday Global Seed Vault, because the purpose of it is to protect the world's crop diversity from natural and man-made disasters. So in other words, if there is a massive disaster of some type that wipes out much of the food, the world's food resources, we will have something in that vault to start from scratch again with. Not the most optic, uh, optimistic outlook of the future from the global community, but this is um, there for that very purpose. And what the vault represents really is the incredible value and worth of of every little single seed. And I actually brought some seeds with me. I've got my little pack of seeds that I got. Uh, and I'm just going to grab one out. They're actually hard to grab out because just to grab one out because they're so small. But I actually, um, believe it or not, have in my hand here, in my fingers here, a tiny little seed, um, which is actually a, a mustard seed, which is very um, biblical, the mustard seed. So I've got that here in my little finger. And, and the incredible um, truth that comes through this global seed vault, for me anyway, is that this seed, which seems so tiny and small and so insignificant, you can barely see it uh, with the naked eye, is that this seed would have such incredible value and worth that the global community would create a vault in this remote Arctic archipelago to preserve a seed like this one here. And the reason for this is because they know that every single seed holds this incredible potential to bring life. And they know how significant it is. And this same truth is captured in a spiritual sense when Jesus uh, says these words in Matthew 13. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and, and planted in a field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, and they are very small little seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. So Jesus is saying there is this incredible, life-transforming potential in each and every kingdom seed that is sown. And it might seem for you small or insignificant at the time when you are 
planting a kingdom seed, when you're having a spiritual conversation with a friend, when you're turning up at Switch on a Friday night to serve again, or when you're at Sunday bars on a Sunday morning, or you're um, part of uh, trimming a hedge on a Yes We Care Day with others from the church here, or when you're having a uh, doing something special for your neighbor or whatever it might be you might be doing. At the time, you might think it seems pretty small, pretty insignificant. I don't really think it's having an impact. Does it really matter that much? Maybe you have thought like that sometimes. But Jesus is saying here, never discount the significance, the power of a single small kingdom seed sown in faith. Never underestimate the power because in every kingdom seed, there is the potential to see life transforming power come to the lives of others. And in this, um, as, as I was looking at this passage or God put this on my heart, I was really aware that the blessing we know now as a church, after 30 years of ministry in this community, a lot of the blessing that we know, the incredible blessing we know, is because of a whole group of people who have gone before us who have sowed kingdom seed faithfully, often at great cost and sacrifice to them. Often it's been in situations that it hasn't always been easy, but they've poured their lives out and sown into this community over the years, whether it be at a prayer meeting, thousands of prayers prayed, community outreach events held, conversations that have taken place, people have invited others to come along. All of these seeds sown over 30 years, and we are in the midst of the blessing of all of those seeds sown. The harvest, the blessing that we know is because of that. And we have the privilege of seeing that today. But the call for us as a church in this season ahead is not to now begin to hold back as we step into this season ahead, but instead to sow more generously than ever before. Let me look at this passage a little bit closely, more closely. It says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And this is a basic farming principle, isn't it? If you only put a few seeds into the ground, well, then you can be expecting for just a, a small harvest. It's, it's logical. If you just put some seeds just in a small section of that ground, well, then don't expect seed to be popping up all over the place. You can expect it just to pop up in that small place where you have planted it. But on the flip side of that, if we spend more time and energy and money and effort and pour more resources into sowing more seed, if the farmer does that, puts more seed into the ground, well, he can be expecting for an even greater harvest. Right? It's a basic principle, a basic principle of agriculture that the potential harvest to come is always dependent upon the amount of seed that is sown. And this principle, um, the Bible tells us, is the same spiritually as well. And for this reason, as followers of Jesus, we are not to sow sparingly. We are not to hold back when we are sowing kingdom seed. We're not to lock that seed away in a vault um, so to speak, to protect it for safekeeping. No, we are to sow generously in faith, is what the Bible says. And the reason I feel this is so significant for us as a church as we step in this season ahead is because after 30 years of sowing faithfully and pouring so many people, pouring their lives out and giving generously and investing their lives in God's kingdom plans in this community, it could be potentially be a temptation to think, well, now we've done all that. Now it's time just to sit back a little bit. Now it's time to take it a bit easier. You know, we've poured so much in. Uh, maybe now it's time just to step back a little bit. Or maybe we look at the unprecedented challenges before us in this time and generation. And we might think, well, now's not really the time to sow seed. You know, the ground 
is too dry. The challenges are too great. The conditions are not right. Let's instead of sowing, let's just pull back a bit. Let's tuck the seed away in the vault for safekeeping until a better time. But the call that God is giving us as his church as we step into this 30th year and the season ahead is that we are not to start now sowing sparingly. That we're not to start now sowing cautiously, but instead we are to sow more generously, more open-handedly. We're to sow further and wider than we have ever done before. And there are some promises that God gives us if we will do this. And we see it in the passage. The first promise is this. If we will sow generously in faith then He will keep supplying us with everything we need. We're not going to run out. We're not going to come up short. Listen to how the passage continues in verse 8. It says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And I love this promise. Because sometimes, I'll be honest with you, when I look at the call before us and there's that call to step out in faith, sometimes I think, God, I'm not sure I'm going to have what it takes. I don't think I've got the abilities or are we going to have the resources? It seems too daunting. It seems too much. I think we're going to come up short. But God says to us tonight, He says, if you will sow generously in faith, you will not come up short. I will provide everything you need at all times. In every situation, he says here, I will provide for you what you need so you can continue to sow generously in faith because God's heart is for the harvest. This is God's heart. He longs to see many more people encounter his love and grace. So that's the first promise we see here. The second truth is this, that when we sow generously in faith, We can trust God to bring the harvest. This is what continues in verse 10. It says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, that's God who does that, will also supply and increase your store of seed. There it is again. He's going to supply all that we need. And then this part, and he, God, will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. And I want you to see here that the harvest is not dependent upon us. The harvest belongs to God. Our role is to sow the seed faithfully. That is the role that God has called us to. And then we can trust God to bring the harvest. And I find this incredibly freeing. In fact, it fills me with faith because when I realize this, okay, God, I know what you've called me to. You've called me to sow generously in faith, to water that seed. And then we, we pray and we seek you and trust the Holy Spirit will come and will move as we sow in faith and he will bring the harvest. The harvest belongs to him. Salvation belongs to God. We know that. And Paul captures this in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 7 where he says, So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. God is the God of the harvest and we can trust him to do what he promised he will do if we'll do our part in sowing generously in faith. And as we look back over our history as a church, this has been our testimony again and again and again as we have stepped out, we've trusted God, we've sown in faith and then he has come and he has moved and we've seen God do incredible things, lives transformed, um, blessing flowing to our community and beyond. And this truth fills me with faith for the future. On the 21st of July last year, Brisbane won the right to host the 2032 Olympic Games. And that was pretty exciting, wasn't it, to hear that news? Anyone excited about the Olympics coming to Brisbane? I'm pretty excited. No one cares that the Olympics are coming. How exciting is it that the Olympics are coming to Brisbane? 
Well, I, it's a once, in case you don't realise this, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have the Olympics in your own backyard is amazing. And uh, I remember distinctly the first time hearing about us winning the Olympics. I remember I was in the car, dropping the kids at school. And uh, when we heard, most of us, I think when we heard that it was going to be here in 2032, most of us started to work out how old we would be in 2032. It was the first thing we did. That was a bit confronting uh, for, for many of us. But I also remember at the time having this really strong impression that it wasn't by accident that the Olympics were coming to Brisbane. I remember distinctly in that moment in the car, um, God speaking or stirring something within my heart, just him saying to me, I really sense he was saying, this is part of my plan. The things you have been praying for, the things as a church we have been praying for for many years, that this is actually part of God's plan to fulfill the things he said to us that he wants to do in terms of a move of the Spirit of God across our city and many more finding hope and life in Jesus. Imagine for a moment in 2032, all the nations of the world literally being here in our city. What an incredible opportunity. And not only that, over 3 billion people tuning in online to watch the Olympics, again, from all the nations of the world tuning in here. And I can't help but think to myself, what an incredible God opportunity that He is giving to us. It is no accident the Olympics are coming here. God knew that. He ordained it. And it is part of the things that He is unfolding. And then to really seal this for me on the 7th of August last year, just a few weeks after it was announced that the Olympics were coming to Brisbane, Australian high jumper Nicola McDermott won a silver medal at the Tokyo Olympic Games. And if you remember, um, between each jump, she had a little journal that she would write in and she had the verses of scripture on her hands that she was, um, you know, keeping close by to encourage her. And after she won uh, her silver medal and received the medal, she was interviewed on national television, Channel 7, and she said these words. This is what she said in the moment. She said, I just want to thank you, say thank you to Australia for being on this journey with me to this gold. This silver feels like gold to me today. And my hope is that the stadiums will be filled again in a post-COVID world, maybe not even just for athletics performances, but we will see revivals again in the stadiums and that people would hear a message of faith and the gospel and really inspire like they did with Billy Graham decades ago. That's my dream from this medal. How incredible is that to hear an Olympian speak that out on national television? Now, I wasn't awake in the middle of the night to hear this interview, but Pastor Peter sent it to me the next morning. And as I watched it, I I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was as though Nicola was speaking out on national television, the exact words of the prayer that we have prayed so many times as a church. If you've been to our corporate prayer gatherings, it was almost word for word the things that we have prayed for many years. And for me, it was just this seal. God just said, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm doing something. I'm on the move. I, I've, I've, heard, um, I've heard your prayers and I am moving. And, and to think just weeks after it's been announced, literally just a couple of weeks after it's been announced, the Olympics are coming to Brisbane in 10 years. For her to speak that out, I believe, was so incredibly significant. And I, I was moved so deeply within my spirit. And ever since, in fact, I've been incredibly excited. And it was like God was saying, I'm already putting things together. I'm already working. And I've put it not just in your heart, but I have put it in the hearts of others across our nation and beyond that as well, the heart of an Olympian. And others too are sensing and praying and believing for what God 
um, longs to do. And I believe this decade ahead is going to be a really significant time for us as a, as a community here at Bridgman Downs, but beyond that for us as a city. And I believe that we are stepping into a time of harvest, a greater harvest, season of harvest than we have ever seen in our generation. In fact, for generations, we're going to see a greater harvest. And we're beginning to see, we're going to begin to see that in these years ahead. Um, God beginning to put things together. And as I've been praying over this, ever since I heard this announcement and praying, God, what, is, what does that move of God look like? What does that look like? And ask the Spirit of God to stir that up within my heart. And as I've been doing that, the move of God that, that I see is a move of God so great that literally sees um, churches overflowing with people crowding in to hear the message of, of the good news of hope and life found in Jesus. People crowding in because of what God is doing among His people in the churches, not just this church, but across churches all over the place. The move of God I see is so significant that, that, that our online services are getting just so many hits, it's overtaking all the other stuff online because people have heard about what, what's happening, the move of God in the churches, and they want to watch and see online. They're drawn to this. This move of God that I see with the eyes of faith is a move of God so great that whole communities are being transformed where there is hopelessness and there is despair. God is coming and, and, and bringing life and hope and healing again. And this move of God that I see it is so great that I do see stadiums filled again with people coming together, as has happened in the past, coming together, filling stadiums to worship Jesus and honour Him. And it's a move so great that the blessing is not just to be contained for, for this community or city, but it's a blessing that's literally going to bless the nations of the world. I really believe that. I know that's a big vision. I know that's a big picture. But, but as I've been praying into this, God's just been stirring that within my heart. I want to ask you to, to pray and to ask, seek God with the eyes of faith as well. But to see a move of God like this, I believe we are being called to sow more generously than ever before, more open-handedly than ever before, more uh, sowing seed further and wider than we've ever done before. And with this in mind, I, I just want to share one vision with you tonight. I shared more this morning, and you can jump online and watch that service. But for the sake of time and the baptism we're going to celebrate in a moment, I just want to share with you one of the key visions we're stepping into for this season. This, the vision is this. It's the development of what we are calling frontline missional communities. You know, we are the church, not just when we are gathered here uh, on a Sunday, but we are His church when we are spread out during the week as well. The church is not the building, it is us, the people of God. And imagine if we could map everyone tomorrow at lunchtime to see the, where God has placed us as His people right across this community, across this city. It would be amazing to see that mapped uh, and, and to get a picture of the, of the connections and the networks out there. And that is because when we go out, into our front lines, we are there to bring the hope and the life and the love that God has revealed to us. And we are so thankful for the ministries of the church here that take place. They're so critical, so important to what God is wanting to unfold. But we also recognize the incredible significance of the frontline missional communities that you were a part of during the week, your workplace, your sports club, your university campus, wherever it is he takes you, God has put you there strategically uh, for a purpose, and that is so significant. 
And that front line is wherever God has placed you, wherever he has put you, in your neighborhood, uh, wherever it might look like for you, the craft group you're a part of, even the hospital ward where you are undergoing treatment can be your frontline missional community. And we know stories of that. God has strategically placed you there. And we have examples of this across our church. I know a businessman in this church who's the president of his sports club. His kids no longer play that sport anymore but he continues to step into that role or has stepped into that role more recently because he believes God has called him to, to be, have an impact and an influence and reveal God's love to that community. That is his frontline missional community that God has called him to. I know of another person in this church who voluntarily has coordinated a, a neighborhood walking group for years, in fact. She has done this. And for her, this is her frontline missional community. She knows it's an incredible opportunity to show God's love to these people in her neighborhood. And we've seen God do incredible things. She has witnessed God do amazing things through this ministry. For others here, I know they love fishing and use this as an opportunity as their frontline missional community to take others with them very intentionally as an opportunity just to share God's love with them. I know of parents here in the church who use their kids' school community as their frontline missional community. Others... Uh, who, who use other aspects of their lives. Even, as I said, I know of people in this church who are undergoing regular treatment in the midst of their very significant health challenges. And as they are in that treatment ward week after week or in that hospital ward, they sense strongly from God that they have been placed there, that that is their frontline missional community. And I want to tell you the conversations they are able to have, the, the ways they are able to bring God's love and His peace and speak words of hope into those around them is incredibly powerful. There is no way as pastors we could get to all of those frontline places. But the good news is we don't have to. Because every single one of us are called as ministers. The moment we come to faith in Jesus, we are commissioned as carriers of this good news, carriers of this message of hope to take it out into the world. And the risk, I'm so aware of this, is when we did the induction last week for Tyrone, the induction this morning for Neil, the risk is that you see that and think, well, ministry is only for those who are, you know, called and paid by the church to be a part of that, but nothing could be further from the truth. And that's why I want to speak into this today. Tonight, I want you to grab hold of this, that every single one of you have been called by God and are ministers, and He wants to use you powerfully. And tonight, in fact, we're just going to commission. I'm going to pray a commissioning prayer over each and every one of us. God would send us out. But this is a key part of it. And so in line with this vision of sowing more generously than ever before, we see this as, as key that every person would ask the Holy Spirit to show them where is their frontline missional community? Where has God placed you? And to ask the Holy Spirit, if you're not already in one, to ask Him to show you what that might look like. And maybe it is here as part of what we're doing as a church, helping out with street light or serving at Switch or Sunday bars or up at the op shop or Good Day Saturday or English online. But maybe for you it is where God has strategically placed you in your workplace, your sports club, wherever it is that He has taken you. And so we want to encourage every single person to do this, to ask the Holy Spirit to show them where that front line is for them. And then we want to encourage you and we want to pray for you just like we would pray for any other ministry here in the church we want to pray for you on your frontline ministry in that missional community where God has placed you and so in a moment we're going to have a song of worship before we move to the baptisms but during that 
worship time, there's an opportunity for you to come down the front. And if you're involved already, you have a missional community, a frontline missional community, we want to begin praying for you. We want to begin standing with you and just celebrating what's happening on your frontline because that is such a key part of sowing generously in faith. The multiplying, the reach that, that can be through that is just so much greater than what we could do just here within these walls. And so we want you to come and to write it down so that we can pray for you and we can encourage you and we can support you in that. And so significant is this for us in this season ahead that we're actually appointing a pastor to oversee this. And Pastor David, who oversees our young adults, as you know, he's incredibly passionate about seeing people engage and reaching out wherever God has placed them. And so his role is actually going to be expanding to be pastor of young adults and overseeing frontline missional communities as well. He's going to be helping us to support you on your frontline through prayer and, and, and sharing the stories of the good things that God is doing and supporting you in practical ways as well. And so um, I think we should encourage David as he steps into that, that role as well, which is exciting. He's excited about it, that's for sure. But this is God's word for us today on this Vision Sunday 2022. We are entering a decade of harvest. I believe that with all my heart. There's incredible opportunities that he's opening up before us. The Holy Spirit is already moving, putting things together. And our call is to sow generously in faith, more generously than ever before, more open-handedly than ever before. And as we sow generously in faith, we can know that, that there is a harvest coming, that we will see in our generation a mighty harvest and move of God. There's one last part of this passage I want to highlight as, as we finish, and it's this. It says in verse 11, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And this is the final point tonight, and it's this, that when we sow generously in faith, there is actually a cost and a sacrifice involved on our part. Have you ever seen a farmer sowing seed? It takes energy and effort and resource and investment. And there's challenges and obstacles that we're going to face as we plant kingdom seed. It often it will involve us laying aside our own desires and wills and dying to ourselves in order to step into the things that God is doing so that we can sow this kingdom seed. And sometimes the ground will be tough and dry and sometimes it'll be full of weeds and um, sometimes there's going to be moments where we're going to think, man, God, is this having an impact? Is this really having a difference? But I want to tell you tonight, this is my last point, is that it's all worth it. It is so worth it. Because when the harvest comes and lives are transformed and we get to witness that and be a part of it, as the passage here says, it always results in incredible thanksgiving, great thanksgiving to God. And it fills us with this unspeakable joy. There is nothing greater in this life to live for Nothing great in this life. And I've done enough of life now to tell you that with confidence that there is nothing greater in this life than sharing with others the good news of God's love for them and this life and hope that is found in Jesus. And I had an experience of this on Monday night. I have the privilege of being down at Streetlight as they held their first ever baptism in the park. And David and Ben and the Sarah and the Streetlight team, they have been sowing faithfully down there for nine years now. Talk about a decade looking forward, nine years already of their sowing. And that's a long time of turning up every Monday night, of preparing meals for people down there. Uh, and there've been plenty of challenges along the way. It hasn't been an easy space by any means to be ministering into. But on Monday, we were able to have a celebration, celebrate the harvest 
with these two baptisms and it truly was the most amazing experience. It was one of the greatest highlights of all my ministry experience thus far, in fact. And thankfully, we were able to capture this on video so that you could get a glimpse of the incredible joy that comes. Dave and the team sewing faithfully down there. They were here this morning and, and David was the first to say, it's all worth it. It's so worth it when you see the impact and the transformation that Jesus brings. So we're going to watch this clip now and I want you to capture hold of the great thanksgiving and joy that comes as we sow in faith and see the harvest begin to take hold. Let's check this out together. special moment for us here in Street Light, we're doing our first baptism. It's just a wonderful expression of our faith. Um, and that's what it's going to be today for both Karen and Amanda. I came to Jesus when I was 15 and that wasn't very hard to do because I'd grown up with so much love and with a summer school background and church attendance. But I came to the cross and was forgiven then which is just as well because I've messed up a lot since. <laughs> the biggest stumbling block to my faith was the incredible amount of grief that's come our way. Nine years ago, I think, I walked into this park and I was pretty much done, not with my faith, but with the fact that the people I'd loved most were all gone, other than my husband and kids, you know, that's a taken. And I walked in here and I felt I'd come home. I want to thank you that Dave has given me the opportunity and Bridgman has to do this here because this is my heart, but also you're my family and Jesus is family for you too because if you've done one thing wrong or a million, that forgiveness is the same. Everybody, this is Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Amanda's been on an amazing journey. She really has. Um, she's been with us for a while, um, on and off for about three or four years. Um, the journey over the six months, last six months, has been quite amazing. Um, a lot of us have seen a change in her, uh, and Jesus has come into her life. It's been quite amazing um, and a privilege to see. I want to thank you all at Streetlight for showing me love, for showing up and for showing me Jesus. I have been going to church for a while now and I want to thank Paul and Beth for taking me in the boys. I have learned so much about Jesus' sacrifice for me. I love my boys and my family here and I want to continue to grow in Jesus. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. You declare that Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour. Yes, I do. I do. On that declaration, and because you've requested it, yep. it's Beth and I's absolute privilege to baptise you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. 
How good is that? It's amazing. I want to tell you tonight, it's all worth it. Sowing generously in faith is so worth it because it always results in thanksgiving and fills us with joy. There's nothing greater in this life to live for. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of more of that. And we're going to celebrate more in just a moment's time. And I want to see more and more blessing being brought to people's lives through the power and the love of Jesus. And so we need the help of every person with a heart for God's kingdom plans in this community and this city and beyond that. We need the help of every person. And this is a bit different this year than a normal vision presentation because this year I really sense God saying, this is not just about the year ahead, but this is about a 10-year journey ahead. A 10-year journey where God is calling us, calling people to say, hey, will you link in? Will you join in? Will you sow into what I am doing? Because he is unfolding some mighty plans. And I know that's a big call to say, would you come and join and link in and sow for 10 years? It seems like a long time, but I want to tell you, when you're down the journey a little bit, 10 years is just like that. It actually goes so quickly. But I believe God is calling us to say, hey, will we step in for this decade ahead, this decade of harvest that's increasing and more that God wants to do to say, yes, we will sow generously. Yes, we will continue to pour our lives out. We'll count the cost. We'll step in. We'll be available because it's so worth it. And the praise and the thanksgiving and the glory that goes to God, the lives blessed, not just individuals, but spreading out and blessing families and communities and cities, cities and even nations of the world. I really believe with all my heart is a key part of this. And so, As we close this part of the service here, as I finish my message, I actually want to pray and ask just a a blessing over each and every one of us. I want to commission all of us for the call that God has. And then once I've done that, there's an opportunity for you. We're going to sing a song as we transition to the baptisms. and We're just going to keep celebrating and worshipping tonight in His presence. There's an opportunity for you to come down and write on these pieces of paper here. If there's a frontline mission or community you're a part of, would you come? Would you write it down so we can begin... I'm encouraging you and praying for you and partnering you with you wherever we can. Or maybe tonight God has put something in your heart about something He wants, he wants you to be a part of. He suddenly tonight, it's like a light bulb moment. Yeah, I can use that area that I'm involved in. I can use my mountain biking to be a missional community. I can use whatever else I, I enjoy doing to be part of this. So come and put it down there. And we'll, we'd love to do the journey with you and pray with you and encourage you and help you on that journey as well. But why don't we stand together? Let's jump on our feet. I'm going to pray and commission us tonight afresh. Then we'll have an opportunity to respond as we worship and declare our faith and trust in Jesus. And I want to invite you, in fact, tonight, just to put your hands out in front of you as we pray and commission and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh. Lord, we thank you for your word to us as your people. We thank you for the things that you are putting together. And we thank you, Lord, for your church all the expressions of it, all the gifts of it, every single person called to play a part, to be part of experiencing the great joy and purpose in telling others the good news about you, Lord Jesus. And so now I pray that you will fill us afresh by your Holy Spirit, that you'll commission us afresh as or each and every one of us ministers of the gospel, great God, that this as we head out to our front lines, these missional communities you've called us to, that you will continue to open up opportunities. You'll fill us with faith, Lord. You'll help us just to keep sowing that kingdom seed. No matter how small and insignificant it may seem, Lord, may we capture the life-transforming power and potential in every seed sown, I pray. 
And so come, Holy Spirit, stir within us. Help us to look forward with the eyes of faith for the things that you are doing. And Lord, we pray that through this, you'll be glorified, you'll be lifted high. And so we pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing this song. You feel free to come, put your name down where God is leading you in those frontline missional communities. And let's worship Him. And then we're going to trans- transition in some baptisms as well. Let's worship Him together now. So no matter 
Amen, amen. Hey, you can grab a seat. We're over here in the baptism pool. And uh, Jesus is the Lord of heaven and earth, the Lord of every man, every woman. And Jesus said, those who come to believe this should be baptized in, uh, in his name. And so we have four people. Oh, they're, they're, we do have four, I promise you. <laughs> There's still some out the back. We have four people being baptized tonight, declaring that that is true, that Jesus is their Lord and their Savior and that through what he did on the cross, he has washed away their sin. And so uh, this is Fraser who's going to come and be baptized first. So can you welcome Fraser as he shares a bit of his story with us tonight. G'day team. My, my name is Fraser. I've grown up a Christian home for most of my life, attending a local church and spending most of my time at a Christian school. I've been well exposed to faith. And at some point when I was young, couldn't tell you exactly when, I prayed and gave my life to the Lord. Throughout my life, I believed in God and been involved in service, but despite this, I've dealt with my faith in a very laissez-faire fashion, other than attending a weekly prayer meeting at school. Towards the end of 2019, I've become more aware of this stagnation, and on receiving a prompting from my mother, I attended an Alpha course with my sister Scarlett. On reflection, this started my journey towards truly taking action regarding my faith. God used 2020 to give me an insight into what it really meant to live life with Him and what it truly looked like. I was fortunate enough at the beginning of the year to go on a missions trip to Tonga with Boys Brigade. Whilst there, I saw, I saw what it meant to truly live your life with God and the joy that had and the, the joy that was to come in a life of reliance on the Lord. Not long after we returned home, COVID-19 struck Australia uh, and we went into a period of stay-at-home orders. During this time, I began to do some things which I'd never done before, reading my Bible regularly. I started with a chapter a day in Luke and began to read more and more and found great joy in gaining an understanding of God through the Word. This daily reading had brought, has brought me a great deal of insight into the Lord and the life that He wants us to partake in. Early February this year, I felt prompted to read the book of Job. In reading the book, I became convicted of my lack of trust in the Lord and how I had not always looked to follow God's desires in every part of my life. When I finished Job, I began the, dis- the process of turning my life truly to the Lord. It was not easy, asking God for guidance in every decision I made, truly living out the commitment I had made. Not long after I'd found myself in a period of great trial, in a short space of time, two good friends had passed away. second of which I'd found out whilst I was away in Townsville. Again, unsure of what to do and feeling very alone, I turned to Job, chapter 42, verses 1 to 6. Read this, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this too wonderful for me, which I did not know? Hear and I will speak. I will question you and you will make it known to me. I had heard of the joy by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you, and therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Here I am tonight before you, my church family, that I believe in the Almighty God and that I have made the decision to rely on Him and align my life towards Him with my whole being. Today I stay publicly that the Lord is my God 
and that he will hold me sure and steadfast. We're just going to pray for Fraser now before he's baptized. So why don't you join with me as we do that? A living God, as we're in your presence here tonight, we say thank you. You're a God who, uh, who calls. You're a God who chooses us in you. In fact, before the beginning of time, you chose us in you. And Fraser is one who has been chosen by you to live with you as his Lord and as his Savior, as his God. And tonight we look to you, God. You are, the, you are the beautiful one. You are the good one. You are the mighty one. But we say thank you that in all of your might and all of your beauty, all of your goodness, you, you draw us into that. You call us to yourself. And so now your goodness and your beauty comes and resides in, and, and actually not only in us, Lord, but through us and out of us into the world around us. And so we say thank you that you have filled Fraser with your Holy Spirit. And Father, we pray that this would be a man who, who truly declares and witnesses to the truth that Jesus is the Lord of heaven and earth. And that, Father, he would be a man kept by you all of his days on this earth, following you, worshipping you, not only in word, but in deed and in action, with his whole being as he's just asked for you. Lord, that's a prayer tonight, that he would worship you with his whole being for the remainder of his days. Thank you that you are a God who can keep us from falling. And so we ask, Lord, your blessing upon this man. Continue to unfold your word in him, that his life would be a living testimony to the goodness and the greatness and the love of God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Fraser, do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? I do. Because you've professed that, it's now our privilege, Glenn and I, to baptise you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Awesome. We, um, we have Tim who's coming now to be baptised. So why don't you just encourage Tim as he comes to share his testimony as well. Although I've known God my whole life and have attended church for as long as I can remember, I've never felt as close to Him as I have in the last 6 to 12 months. When I was younger, I just attended church on Sunday because it was what my parents made me do. At the time, I slightly understood some things about God and His love for us. However, I just didn't think much in terms of it, of my day-to-day life. As I grew older and continued through my years at school, life was all normal and good until I was rocked by the passing of my grandparents when I was in grades 5 and grade 7. Although I was still young at the time, their passing shook me to my core. And I started to question almost everything and everyone, including God. The years after this were extremely tough for me as I tried to come to grips with how different everything was going to be. I continued to go to church with my family on Sundays, but it, was, it wasn't the same. It felt boring and dull. and I had no interest in paying attention. I still attended programs like Switch Youth on Friday night, 
but only really attended to catch up with friends and hang out. Not for the main reason it is held, which is to help young people like myself learn to honour and glorify God. It wasn't until 2019 when I was in grade 11 and went to Switch Youth Camp when I first gave my life to the Lord. It was during a Saturday night service and Pastor Jono was sharing a powerful message about how we needed to let go of the self-guiding rope, stop doing life our way, that we needed to let go and let God take control of our lives and live through Him. This night was the start of the change in my life for the better. Following this night into my final year of school in 2020, I began to come to these night services regularly until COVID went and changed all of that. It wasn't until near the end of grade 12 I was able to get myself back into the night services on a more regular basis. It was around this time when a good mate of mine, Lachlan Ducks, invited me to join his Young Ads Connect group, to which I thought, oh yeah, what's the worst that could happen? Looking back now, it was God working through him that night to bring me into an amazing group of men where we can learn more about God and his goodness whenever we feel the need. And I will forever be grateful for how inviting the guys were towards me. It was actually through this group one night that I stumbled across a line in my study Bible that has stuck with me ever since. It is, when God saves us, he restores us so we can fulfill our human purpose. This does not mean that we become God or that distinctions between God and humanity are obliterated. Understanding God's transcendence evokes awe and wonder at his goodness and power. There has been a particular verse that has stuck with me mainly in the last six months. It is from James 1, 2 to 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever, you're, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Today I am here to public, publicly confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Saviour and he has saved me from the dark path and forgiven my sins to bring me new life within him. Isn't that so encouraging? We're going to pray for Tim now, so why don't you join us as we pray for him. Oh, good God, you are, you are so good. You're a good father. And we see that in Tim's life. Lord, I thank you for his life. I thank you that you came, that you, you, you rescued him, that you've restored him, Lord, that you've come into contact with him and he has been forever changed. We thank you, Lord, for his, for his journey through, through youth, Lord. We thank you for those, for those ministries, Father. We thank you for Switch Camp. Lord, we thank you for youth camps. They, they do amazing things. Lord, you come and speak through them. And I, I'm so thankful, Lord. We are so thankful that you spoke to Tim that night at Switch Camp and that you changed his life forever, Lord. And so, Lord, now, as he, as he goes into baptism, Lord, the, the old Tim is gone. The, the new Tim that is restored, that is in Jesus um, comes out of the water, we pray, Lord, for a life devoted to you, a life that is, that is found in you, that is, that is rooted in you, Lord, that his life's foundations would be you and you alone, Jesus. And Lord, we pray for, for a life of obedience as well, simple obedience, just following you, Jesus, and all that you have for his life, Lord. We thank you for that. And pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Tim, do you confess Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour? Absolutely. 
Well, in this profession of faith, it's your dad and, and my privilege to baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. do that. Feel free to go and welcome these guys. You can do that right now. We're going to keep just praising God.
In the beginning, when God created humanity, He said, this is very good. Mm. And it's moments like these where His children come to life, where His children are born of, of water and the Spirit that He says, very good, once more. And so we're here delighting in His presence and He is delighting in His children. And here is... Georgia Elvery. Welcome her as she comes to t- share testimony. Hi everyone. Tonight I'm excited to share my journey of growing to know who God is and his great love for me. From a young age, I remember singing songs about Jesus and reading Bible stories and knowing that I did believe in God. My loving family have always encouraged me in my faith. However, finding my own personal relationship with Jesus and actually understanding what this means for my life was a work in progress. Growing up, I attended church as well as Buzz and youth group here, which I thoroughly enjoyed. My faith has always been important to me, but towards the end of schooling, my interest in church began to plateau, and I knew I wasn't living in his fullness. I wouldn't say that growing up, I had many Christian friends either, so at times the journey felt lonely and I was really seeking community. It is amazing how God knows exactly what we need and He had a plan. A major highlight was being invited to connect groups at the end of year 12 by Tamara and Nina. I remember being so scared to attend um, that night, but through their loving leadership, I was able to be vulnerable, ask questions, and learn more about Jesus through the Bible. I loved doing life with young women of a similar age, many who are my dearest friends now. It was special to be able to share our burdens and pray for each other. God provided me a community and I really began to grow in my faith. But this was just the beginning and I could see how in this time, God was inviting me to go deeper and really put all my trust in Him. This was especially important as I started university studies and working. As I experienced life's challenges, fear and worry arose and constant striving to overcome this always left me feeling weak, incompetent and unworthy. I have experienced trials and disappointments that have left me crying out to God, wondering where are you and what are you doing? But no matter what I did or where I went, the Lord has been perfectly faithful even when I was not. I now know an indwelling reality that faith is believing and not seeing, believing even if not understanding. And when I read God's word, I am constantly reminded of how he meets me where I'm at. And I can surrender every part of my life to Him, knowing that He truly has my life in His hands. It is in this reality that I know the Creator of the whole universe loves me so dearly. I am a daughter of the Most High King, and even if I was the only person on earth, Jesus would have still died on that cross to take away my sin and brokenness to be in relationship with me. Romans 8.37 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, Neither the present nor the future, nor anything else in all of creation will separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. This knowledge has become my hope and my firm foundation for my life. It is not wishful thinking, but it is confident expectation that God is who He says He is, and He will do what He says He will do. Although I stumble and nothing in life is constant, I know that God's unfailing love for me is. 
I trust that his plans are better than good. They're incredible. And all he wants is my imperfect heart. In times where I felt the lowest, Deuteronomy 31.8 has brought me great peace. It says, the Lord himself will go before you and be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So now everything I do, I want to do for his glory so that many would also know the freedom that I have found in Jesus. So tonight, I wanna get baptized to declare that I do love the Lord as my father, my savior, and my friend, and will continue to put all my trust in him. Why don't you join me as we pray for Tamara as a community? Sorry, Georgia. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that you forgive us of our sins. (laughs) Father, we do come to you, and you know each one of us by name. Uh, Even when we forget, you know. And so we just want to come to you. Actually, there's a simplicity in moments like this. Uh, It's true. You love us. Nothing will separate us from your love. Uh, You have done everything to vouchsafe, to confirm, uh, to rescue, to redeem us in your Son. And you've called us to yourself. You're calling us um, to follow you, Jesus. And this is the reality that Georgia is being called into and that she is throwing her whole life into, into your arms, your loving arms. And so this is the moment where everything gets left behind, uh, where where she is set apart for your plans and your purposes, where your spirit seals her as your child. And so we come to you and we ask for your Holy Spirit to alight on her as she goes down, as she dies to everything that she once was and comes alive, putting on new clothes, alive in you. Say to her, in her heart, in her whole being, bring her to life. My child in whom I am well pleased. And so we come to you now and we commit Georgia to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Georgia, do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I do. Then it is on this profession of faith And because you've requested it, that we now baptize you, Eli and I, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. great to be here with Ella in the pool. This is a a very special moment between Ella and God and we just get to enjoy it with her. How great is that? Would you join with me in welcoming Ella as she brings her story to us? Um, Hi everyone, my name is Ella and today I thought I'd share a little bit of my story of how God has impacted my life and what's led me to be standing here today. Um, So I was very fortunate to have grown up in such a loving family. 
I've been blessed with a mum who is one of the most selfless people you'll ever meet and whose gentleness and kindness inspires me every day. My dad is incredibly hardworking and has always been so generous, never expecting anything in return. And my younger brother, Luke, is okay too. <laughs> just okay, just kidding, guys. <laughs> Something I actually really appreciate about him is his calming presence, especially when I'm feeling overwhelmed, um, worried or upset. God has also blessed me with many amazing friends particularly Georgia Elvery and Taylor Lay, who I've known since grade two. Despite all of these blessings, in high school, I did feel an overall lack of purpose and meaning. Consequently, I ended up placing a lot of my worth in how well I did sporting-wise and academically. I remember telling people that I thought my life was just this never-ending ladder I was climbing, striving always, but for what, I didn't really know. Anyways, in my grade nine Ecclesiastes life is meaningless phase, Georgia and Taylor very bravely invited me along to switch. And I say bravely because I held very strong views at the time that God did not exist. And even if he did, he wouldn't want anything to do with me. I ended up accepting the invite, um, mostly because Georgia and Taylor failed to mention to me that this youth group they were taking me to was actually a Christian youth group. Um, however, to my surprise, I ended up attending each week. To be honest, my thinking was quite cynical when I first joined. And although there wasn't one defining moment, I think over time my heart began to soften and messages slowly started to resonate. I look back now and see that even though I wasn't reaching up to God, he was still desperately reaching down to me, particularly revealing himself through newfound friendships at church the continual encouragement and prayers from Georgia and Taylor and through my switch leaders via Ash and Ainsley. Although I was still hesitant and I became, oh, I became more open to learning about Christianity and who Jesus was, I started att attending church on Sunday and the sermons inspired me to pick up a Bible for the first time and start reading it. One of the first ever verses I highlighted and is still one of my favourite verses today uh, was Romans 12, 9, love in action. I loved its simplicity and still think it encapsulates basically everything Jesus stands for. Reading this verse was when the thought first popped into my head, oh, maybe the meaning of life has something to do with love. Also, I remember reading Psalms 139, which talks about how I was knitted in my mother's womb and that every thought God had about me outnumbered the grains of sand on this earth. And I just remember thinking like, what? I'm that loved by the creator of the whole universe. Like, are you kidding me? Um, and as I became more intrigued, I joined a connect group and was very blessed to have Tamara as my connect leader. Um, and I still feel so undeserving of this, but Tamara is an amazing person and she heavily invested in me. She was so patient, non-judgmental, and answered all of my 10,000 sometimes controversial questions. Um, we went through John together and this really helped me understand who Jesus was. I felt inspired by his empathy, his selflessness, his humility, and ultimately his undiscriminatory and radical love for every person. This was again reinforced when I did an Alpha course later that year. Um, fast forward another year or so, I volunteered for Shift and I was allocated to the girls' tent. The whole night was filled with this almost tangible sense of love, warmth, and joy. I remember stopping randomly halfway through the night, having this realisation of, oh, like God's here in this tent. He's so present right now. 
Um, and that night I went home and probably for the first time in my life, really poured out to God with everything I had and I decided to give him my whole life. Um, and I can't even really put words to it, but it felt amazing. Um, and I look back now and I know this sounds so simple and obvious, but sometimes I just stop and think, I can't believe the God of this universe so exceedingly and abundantly loves us and wants this personal relationship. And it's not an oppressive, transactional or conditional love. I didn't have to complete certain things or be a certain person. All he wanted was for me to know him. And I still feel so liberated by that. I also thank God that he's led me to be part of a church community where people didn't find my confusion or differing views problematic, but embraced them and supported me. It's a huge part of why I gave my life to God and why I'm now standing in this pool today. Um, so why am I getting baptised specifically now? Uh, well, apart from Georgia and I wanting to do everything together, um, I guess for a while I had subconsciously and naively thought that I'd reached this point of full enlightenment and then that would be the right time to get baptised. Um, but as Laura Chartrand wisely once told me, do you believe Jesus is your saviour because that's the only reason you need to get baptised? And I'm so glad that's the case because... I'm still confused about so many things. I still have 10,000 questions and I don't even 100% understand the fullness of God. But I think I've realised that it's okay to spend my entire life seeking, asking and discovering who God is. But at the same time now, I hold tightly to the truth that overall through God, I have meaning, purpose and worth and that I am and always have been so loved by Him. Um, and I love God. So what better time than now to get baptised? So beautiful, so amazing. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray for Ella? Oh, Heavenly Father, how great you are. This is all about you today, all about your incredible work in Ella's life. And we are so thankful for her. So thankful for the ways that you've journeyed with her, surrounded her with people to encourage her, to reveal your love, Lord. And now as we see her here today, a new creation, Lord, fully transformed in your great love, would she experience how deep your love is, how high it is, how wide it is, Lord, and would she remain in your love for all of her days? Father, we thank you that your spirit lives within her. As you have blessed her, would she be a blessing to many, Lord? Go before her, we ask. Continue the great work in her heart. Lord, we are so expectant for the amazing ways that you're going to use her so powerfully, Father. We thank you that she is your child, your beautiful, perfect child whom you love so much that you laid it all on the cross just for her. And now as she goes before the waters, Lord, and is raised up again in new life, we thank you that she is your child. We thank you for the new creation that she is. Amen. It's a good part now, Ella. Ella, do you profess Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Saviour? Yes, I do. Amazing. It is on this profession of your faith, and because you've requested it, that it is George's and mine great privilege to baptise you in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit.
Hell Mason is God's truth, God's love. Come on, let's jump on our feet. Let's welcome, let's congratulate these two lovely ladies. Come on, we're going to continue to praise our great God.
amazing Saviour, isn't he? We're going to continue to do a little bit more worship, but if you need to go, you can do that. Uh, but it's just one of those nights where we just want to praise God. Yeah. We're praising God for his faithfulness in the past and his promises for the future and stories of lives touched and changed. And so please feel free. If, if you need to go, you do that. But if you want to just continue just to worship God, uh, come on, let's raise our voice. Let's not hold back to the King of Kings. We're going to approach the throne of grace. That I've been a criminal I've stolen your breath And sang my own song Lord, I confess That I'm far from innocent these shackles I wear I bought on my own Let's celebrate this together, church Scarlet sins at a crimson cost You nailed my debt to that old rocket cross An empty slate at the empty grave Thank God that stone was rolled away Lord, I confess That I've been the prodigal Been made for your house But walked my own roads Then Jesus came in robes draped over the ashes a wide open tomb where there should be a casket the children are singing and dancing and laughing the father is welcoming this is our homecoming roses in bloom pushed up from the embers 
Rivers of tears fall from good times remembered. Families are singing and dancing and laughing. The Father is welcoming. Thank you for an awesome night just to be able to worship and to praise you. But most importantly, just to hear what you've done in and through people's lives, great God. And uh, we give you glory and praise for that, Lord. But I was just thinking, God, our heart and our desire is uh, we, we would love to hear more and more stories, more and more stories of the way that you change and you transform people's lives. And it's already been declared tonight that this isn't just for some, but it's for many. It's for and, and, and maybe, even, maybe even some are watching online now, maybe even some are here and they think to themselves, yeah, I'd love to see what, I'd love my life to be transformed. I'd love my heart to be renovated. And the reality is this is exactly what you do, exactly what you do, great God. And I just thank you for that, Lord. Um, but we just pray uh, that you would use us, that you would use us to point people towards you, great God. I, I'm convinced, Lord, and you know this, but I'm just convinced in the bottom of my heart that you're the greatest Father anybody could ever encounter and that everything changes when we encounter you. And uh, our heart and our, long, our longing, God, our longing is that more and more would people would just encounter you. As we heard uh, in Ella's story at the end there, uh, the love that you have, the love that you have for every single soul is just extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. And, uh, and so we just thank you, great God, that you love us. You love us so much. The creator of the universe, as we already uh, declared tonight, loves us so much. And uh, all we need to do is surrender our hearts and say, God, I'm in. Like, I'm in. I want to know you. I want to know you personally. It changes everything. So we thank you for tonight, great God. Uh, we love you, Lord. We worship you. And we just pray that whatever we're doing this week, that you might use us as we listen and obey you, that you'd use us this week. Uh, we thank you, God. And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's been heck as I've been here to, uh, to be here tonight to just... Uh, uh, here, just uh, the testimonies of what God's done. It's been an awesome night. I do want to say, very important, if you want prayer at all, we'd love to pray for you. But if you uh, would love to connect or find out a little bit more, we'd love to connect with you as well. Head up to our Connections Lounge or just come and grab us after the service. God bless you with whatever you do this week. I really mean it. May God use you with whatever you're doing. 